Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to warn you that they're coming. This week, we're talking about It, Chapter 2. All two hours, 47 minutes, and 30 seconds of it. Okay, as always, we start out with a plea to rate and review us on the podcast app of your choice. There, I said it. Moving on. What'd you do in pop culture this week, Justin? I did not do much other than finish The Dark Crystal, which I promised I would. Uh, It is fantastic. It got even better as it went along. Um, I have so many things I want to say about it, but I'm going to try and keep it sort of short because a lot of them are very spoilery and I don't want to... Uh, I feel like people are probably catching up with this. It is indeed 10 hours of uh, Jim Henson goodness to catch up on. So um, I envy you for having that opportunity, but also I don't want to spoil that for anybody. Uh, I will say, I don't think this is too spoilery. I was very surprised this week, considering our, our main topic of It, that the Dark Crystal handled its gay characters better than it. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. It's Jim Henson. Um, but I was very happy with uh, the way they have gay dad gulflings just mentioned and then show up and it's not a big thing at all. They're just, that's how this world works. Um, it also, the thing I will say about it, and this is a little spoilers for Dark Crystal 1982, which I don't feel too bad about saying, um, you know, that movie kicks off with all the Gelflings dead except for two of them. Um, so at some point, there is genocide. Uh, so it's like, how is this thing going to land? Uh, some genocide? Sort of how do you land genocide? Yeah, and it, uh, the answer is, well, I don't, I, again, I don't want to go too spoileries, but it does it fairly uh, deftly, and it does it in a way that is like kind of interesting in a way that even when you know things are going to end up horrible you have to sort of keep fighting all the way to the end uh this thing is brutal there's a lot of sacrifices i did not see coming um it sets the whole kind of thing up really fanny's now making a face like she needs to maybe watch it or Um, get therapy yeah (laughs) it is much more adult and dark than i had any reason to believe it was going to be um agra is still a delight and is pretty much the uh you know if you do your succession quote this week i should i should have come with an agra quote because uh she gets all the zingers she's so fantastic um the Skeksis for being bad guys uh, who are sort of, you know, just mm, in the first movie are so much more complicated in this movie. There's just a lot more nuance to it in the series. Um, uh, I, Fanny, I, this is like not something I ever want to like force you to watch, but I feel like you would actually really enjoy a lot of this thing. Um, it's just wonderfully done and very melancholy, but also sort of hopeful. Also, unbelievably adorable um, Ugh, puppets i know there's so that's the one thing i will spoil i do want to share this line there is a scene in the in the series where puppets are using puppets to explain kind of a, a backstory to other puppets and one of the puppets using the puppets uh well sorry one of the puppets watching the puppet show 
turns the other characters and goes, uh, puppets. <laughs> Which, talk about just knowing, <laughs> what, you know, getting your weird criticisms out of the way. Um, yeah, it's very puppety. You gotta roll with that, or you don't. Um, there's also some funny computer generated stuff that they work into this it doesn't always completely gel together but i am so happy that somebody funded 10 hours of jim henson world madness and sweetness and good-heartedness and um and thoughtfulness it's just i could not recommend this more it's definitely gonna end up on top 10 of the year i just i'm ready for season two and and it was kind of long but i'm also i want more so that's the sign of a good show to me um i also have Kept reading, maybe not at the same pace, but I started Handmaid's Tale, uh, the book, the Margaret Atwood uh, book, and Yay! Um, I'll have more thoughts on that. I don't want to talk too much about it until I get a little further in, um, but I am enjoying reading it, and it's good prep work for us getting started uh, before the Testaments comes out, which is soon, I think. Uh, Testaments is out at midnight tonight on your candles, people. Nice. I'm very excited. I think we're going to do a little, so uh, you know, multi-part read-through of that book. So yeah. if you want to get started on that book and come join us next week to, to sort of hear about it. We're talking about maybe us. doing four parts. So yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. 25% of the way through. Yeah. Um, which means I got a lot of reading to do. Um, get to stepping. <laughs> I got to get to stepping. The other thing I wanted to play was a song this week from uh, Miranda Lambert, who's a country artist I have admired um, sort of, you know, off and on through the years. She's done really great sort of rocky country, very uh, feminist slant. Um, sometimes that sort of very mainstream country does nothing for me and I kind of tune it out. Um, but when she's good, she's really good. This new album is called Wild Card. It is coming out November 1st. Um, she's working with Marin Morris, who's also a big star right now in uh, sort of country music. And this song is called Way Too Pretty for Prison, which pretty much just had me right there. But let's take a listen. They don't have rhinestone ball and chains. Lunch trays don't come with Chardonnay. The bars there ain't got boys to buy a drink. from uh, Miranda Lambert's new album, Wild Card. That song kinda, is so ridiculously catchy. It's kind of got a gasoline and matches yeah. vibe. And, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Just I the liked way it. she sings is perfectly comically unhinged. Um, right. I am really excited for this album. Uh, what did you do in pop culture this week? I watched this new show. You might have heard about it. It's from the UK. I don't know. It's been around for 12 years. It's called Being Human. <laughs> 
I can't believe that's 12 years old now. That's crazy. Oh, seven. Anyway, I had owned the DVDs of the first season for, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years and just never got around to watching it. I can't remember what sparked our conversation and I got up, I woke up way too early with possibly fighting a CVS uh, bout and took a bunch of Zofrin and needed something to... to uh, Zofrin is not a fun drug, you guys. It's just an anti-nausea drug. And, and CVS is not having to deal with uh, inadequate Yeah, pharmacy. no. That's cyclic vomiting syndrome. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I often watch TV early in the morning when in this condition. And so I said, screw it. Turns out it's on Amazon Prime. I turned on Being Human, Russell Tovey in the ears. Nobody told me about about the black Irish vampire who is Aiden Turner. Jesus Christ. Seven hours later, I decided I needed to go out into the world where <laughs> it was just going to suck me in. I was surprised at the depth of feeling and emotion in this show yeah. <laughs> and that it's actually somewhat thoughtful that it wasn't just cheese. I mean, there's a lot of cheese. Let's not, I'm not going to say this is, you know, this isn't Shakespeare, but I was actually surprised at how much feeling there was and how good all of the acting is. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it until we lose Turner and then we'll see how I feel. And Toby. Yeah. Yeah. To- Toby only lasts one episode longer than Turner does apparently. So that's that's how I see how I'll see how I feel because the friendship between the three main characters is really what nabs me. Yeah, I remember watching it and thinking, "Oh wow, this is the real uh, sort of you know Buffy sort yeah. of follow up." And no, absolutely. But then it sort of yeah, just like it didn't get quite enough momentum, and something just didn't. Right, yeah. and I think the actors started getting different work and yeah. didn't want to do it anymore. Exactly, but what a fun show. Yes, my succession quote this week is not Roman. I'm sorry, Kieran Culkin, you got bunted to the side. You had a lot of good lines. Most of them were super inappropriate and about masturbating while you were being called a worm, so we're moving on from that, um, which if that's your thing, that's fine. I got no problem with it, but it wasn't as funny as uh, Shiv. Af- okay, so... The Roman, the, the, the Roys went to visit the uh, Pierces, and the Pierces are like the rich liberals, the limousine liberals, the old money, like back east, we have a country home that we call our funny little, little home, played by Cherry Dr- Jones as the matriarchy, and then their like conciliary is Collie Hunter. So yeah, you need to tune in and watch the show. <laughs> and so are they all Trump supporters, the main characters? They don't ever refer to Trump. Um, but and they, they they kind of try and keep it like they're maybe not in this world. They don't talk about Trump, but yeah, they it's supposed to be um the the Fox guy, the with the sons, Lachlan, Murdoch, right. Okay. It's supposed to be Murdoch. So anyway, they're all, they've got, they're trying to buy basically MSNBC, who's owned by Cherry Jones and, and her family of liberals who quote Shakespeare instead of saying what they're thankful for, you know, I mean, and, and tell the help, oh, have a drink just to try and make people have bad. They're those people. Anyway, it blows up spectacularly. And Sarah Schnook, who plays Shiv, the daughter of the Roys, goes into her bedroom, goes into the bedroom that they're staying in, in this funny little country home that's like, you know, 
on 50 acres and probably has 20 bedrooms, okay? And Michael McFadden, who is amazing, he's probably one of the best things on the show, is her husband. And she walks in and she and he's talking about what a shit show it is and how terrible. And she's like, is there any booze in this room? And he says, God, no. Emily Dickinson and low thread count sheets. <laughs> Which just, I laughed, I rewound it, I laughed, I rewound it. I watched that scene like 15 times, and it was just so well done. So that was my succession quote that went on way too long. I also, because I was trying to just read things quickly, because at midnight tonight, Testaments drops on my Kindle, and I have been waiting roughly 32 years for this book. (laughs) I didn't want to get too involved in something else and not want to immediately start testaments so are you staying up to start it tonight i will probably just wait until i wake up at three o'clock in the morning like i do quite often and then i'll start reading it (laughs) because i fall asleep early and then i wake up anyway so i had asked our friend layla for some comic recommendations just so i could have a few things to read she recommended transmetropolitan uh which i downloaded the first volume from comiXology because it was cheap i've read the first two issues and i actually am really liking this a lot um basically a reluctant journalist is pulled back into this kind of horrible world because he owes two or three books to his publisher and i've only gotten to the point where he's walking back into this kind of dystopian fucked up world um i like the art i really like the dialogue so i will stay with this at least through this volume and uh probably hopefully i'll be able to finish that tonight before testament drops. nice but i'm enjoying good yes well, should we talk about it? Sure, let's do it. Flying through things here. This is going to be a short episode, I think, this week. Yep. Uh, this is It Chapter 2, directed by Andrew... We're going to blow this. We didn't look it up. Machete? Mush- machete? Like a machete, but like an Italian machete? Sure. Machete? That works. Uh, so it's starring uh, James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, and uh, one of the Scars guards, Bill. P- Bill. <laughs> like one of the Scars... I can never remember the name. And yes, the Old Spice guy. I say him, Mustafa. Uh, also, the uh, Jay Ryan, an actor I wasn't familiar with, uh, playing the formerly fat kid who is now a hot guy. Like, um, I guess maybe this is like a real world Jerry O'Connell. There you funny. go. Right. Was, right. It does yeah. happen. Or yeah. uh, Neville Longbottom. Right. Shout oh, yeah. out to Neville Longbottom, who yeah. smoked them all. Exactly. <laughs> Pun um, superintended. So this is, uh, you know, the plot of this is, uh, you know, grown up, um, you know. It kids fighting the clown. losers club all around the losers club. Um, it, d- yeah, it's, I yeah, I don't know what's more to say about. It. Are we going to do spoilers right away? Uh yeah. Okay, we are going to go into full spoilers for it chapter two. Some people may have not read the book. Uh, this is a pretty faithful adaptation of the book. Uh, for the you know, for the most part, we're going to talk about some differences. But uh, if you do not want to hear chap. Uh, well, maybe let's do very quick spoilers. Okay. Uh, non-spoilers. non-spoilers. Okay, yes. Uh, what did you think of it without any spoilers? I didn't hate it. I was expecting to not like this movie. I have to admit that the whole Losers Club trope really works on me. This logical family, this looking out for each other, the love seeing you through, and, and uh, you know, friend love. This, this works on me. This is a trope that is very much for me, and I often like the way that King writes 
that that particular trope. So that works on me. I thought a lot of the acting was strong. I thought both Bills, Hader, and Skarsgård were good. Uh, Chastain was fine. The Old Spice guy's real boring. Um, Jay Ryan, dude, you're a Kiwi. Just you, stop with the vowels. But he was super hot. I'm not going to, you know, it was fine. Um, there was nothing wrong with this movie. I It didn't feel as long as I thought it was going to feel. Basically, it did not offend me as much as I thought it was going to offend me. And I would go back and watch the first chapter again at some point. I would probably not go out of my way to watch this movie again. I wouldn't go screaming from the room if you turned it on. But it's not going to go down in the annals of the best horror movies ever made. Just not. So what do you think? I'm pretty much right on board with you. Um, it, I think, same thing, I thought it was, at you know, whatever, nearly three hours, I was thinking, I do not want to sit through this movie. Uh, I'd heard it had really doubled down on the gore. Um, you know, I do think the fun part of the first movie is the kids. Yes. And um, I was nervous about sort of how they were going to do all of that. And it was all better than expected. It's a... It's an unbelievably competent movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> it just sort of ticks off the boxes that you'd expect from the best possible it adaptation. Right. The CGI um, is good. Yep. The the look of it is good. The script is decent. The acting is basically fine, sometimes good. Uh, you know, uh, it's just... Yeah, the I, gore is not terrible. No, it's very you know? the thing that I liked about it, and I think this is true of the first one too, is it does have a very fun house kind of absolutely silly horror thing to it. And I'm like, yeah, you made a movie about a killer clown. Like this should be sort of fun. It right. should have a spook house, like fun house sort right. of character to like it, like a Hall of Mirrors type. Yeah, thing. Yeah, and it leaned into that very hard. It did. Um, yes. Just in fun creature design and. I think the things that are fun about Stephen King books often get left out of the adaptations. Absolutely. And I think this did a nice job, you know, of carrying that through the same Absolutely. way that the I first one did. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to give it that little praise. I, my problems, uh, I think, were more that I did not really care about the characters as adults. I just, right. like, I just was really not interested in their stories. I don't think the actors were bad, but I don't think they had really enough to work with. I think Fanny and I have different opinions about how good King is at setting that kind of stuff up. I sort of feel like... I don't think this is King's fault in this script, though. He yeah. didn't write the script. But I, I do feel like his characters all feel very interchangeable to me in, in the books, even. Right. So I... I don't think there's a lot to start with there. Well, and I definitely think in the book, you, as well as the movies, the kids are much more Better defined, yeah. and you care about each one of them more, probably because they're kids, and you're rooting for them, and they're losers, and they're being chased, and once they're grown up, they're all successful, and so, you know, there's this very, yes, they have their flaws, but basically they're this, you know trope of one successful architect one successful writer one successful lawyer all getting together and still being scared kids um aside from haters character which i thought had some more nuance to it we can get into that in spoilers if you want um but i definitely do think and and the kid actors i feel like really got that quirk and that spunk the a chemistry lot better. Was a little better oh the chemistry was great with the kids yeah. and that made it you know yeah. and 
Yeah, it gave you the idea of when you were that age and sitting in the Grand Lake Theater and watching that type of movie with your friends. There's a certain element of this where you can't ever forget that you're just watching James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain and Bill Hader. Exactly. Um, Yeah, it's just it's a little distracting. It's sort of hard to, and I don't know how you avoid that. You're making a big budget. Right. And I feel like it wasn't as bad for Hader as it was for Chastain and McAvoy. I felt like they were the two where it was like, here, it's just who you are. I never forgot that was McAvoy. I never forgot it was Chastain. Ever. Before we go into spoilers. Oh, yes. I have a new game for the podcast. Oh, really? It is called. (laughs) I love that you're setting it up with your own bad accent. (laughs) This new game is called Justin Predicts. Fanny, accent cop, deliberation. <laughs> That's what we're going to come up with a sexy name. Irish. Yeah, we need a much better name for it than that. Um, James McAvoy's accent was, I'm trying to pick Fanny's accent cop brain here, terrible. So fucking bad. Yay! Even when trying to hide it with the stutter. I win. So bad. Terrible. Worse than Jay Ryan's, which was not good. I was shocked for <laughs> such a high caliber actor so and I'm bad. so distrustful of my own feelings about accents that I just didn't even think about it and then oh so bad does this weird like the Brooklyn kid like and you're like well, you're living Maine. Maine what is happening right. nobody sounds like that in Maine and you didn't sound like that as a kid character so what is happening here oh so um, bad it almost seemed like he just did that accent because it was the thickest like New England thing that he could sort of glom on to yep okay and then good. you missed most of the scene with him and King where he's gonna buy the bike and oh, yeah. King put on the Maine accent super thick and, and King's is good I mean it's it's a caricature but it's good because yeah. there are the people that he was around when he was a kid and like McAvoy's almost like brings himself up to kind of like go toe to toe with him and it was oh it was so bad it was so bad yeah and yeah all right so, no good. it was terrible good, good. to know I'm improving you, good one point for me. one point for you probably won't last <laughs> but you um, didn't know about Jay Ryan no I didn't okay. um all right also bad let's move into spoilers um I well, let's give you a chance to bail out now. Um, if you do not want to hear about spoilers, one. Um, we'll see you next week yeah. when there's lots of good TV that's dropping. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, spoilers. Here we go. Um, so, what did you think about? I mean, this is from the book. So, right. Like, if you're still around, this is a, a book spoiler. What did you think about the use of the gay character? And you know, I, this is my main pet peeve about. Absolutely. The um, what did you think about its usage? Well, because it's. Of- Fridging. It's the exact same thing as killing. Oh, no, I didn't a, even think about it this way. But it yeah. is. No, yep. it's fridging. It's yep. killing the, the 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 girl or having a gay character that the the violence against them is only there to move the plot forward. Yeah. And um, even with the reveal of Richie being a closeted gay man. I didn't think it was necessary. Now, I get that it's in the novel. I understand. And in the novel, it is much more clear that it is a manifestation of its power taking over these people, much like Bowers in the first movie where they make it play. It's very clear that this is it infecting the townspeople and making them be violent toward each other and finding some reason to divide and conquer and to hate. Right. So it's much, and they did not make that clear. Although part in of me this. thinks that's worse, and maybe this right. is one of my king problems, right? Like being like, hey, you're not, 
<laughs> you're not really homophobic. You're just being controlled by a cosmic evil clown Well, entity. I think that the characters are still homophobic, but the idea that it, it, it is clicked further into violence and this idea of being infected by evil makes or by somebody ramping up your feelings... Somebody coming on TV and telling you every night that you can that that what you're feeling is okay, but like inside the brain, it's it's almost a metaphor for politics for somebody feeding that part of a hateful brain, and that's that's a that's a trope that 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 King is very interested in is what feeds your ability to tell yourself that it's okay to be evil and to be violent and right. to give in to your hate. Um, it's done way better in the dead zone than it is in it. But I didn't feel like that was clear at all no, in this opening I mean, scene. And, and, and looking at the movie as a whole, to me, having dealt with years of this kind of shoddy representation in these movies, um, it read to me as, here is a gay couple, first of all, we need to take a moment to shit on the fact that the sassy gay couple giving their like sassy fight back made a Meg Ryan haircut joke right. in 2019. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. That was like somebody who's never met a gay person in their life right, right. in that scene. Um, that was awful. Well, and that they didn't have much fight in them. No. Like that was. Wouldn't this, you keep swinging? Exactly. I keep swinging. No, it's they should have. Exactly. Yeah. They, they were All I did was that. yell. Yeah. Um, so there was a gay couple that kissed. So you're like doing the old movie trope of like people that are having sex or whatever, being like physical with each other are punished for their sins, which right. he immediately is. Yep. And then you have Bill Hader's character be gay for no other reason than they really needed some sort of secret which, to and, out. And wait, let me finish. Okay, yeah. And then sorry. has no sexuality, no physicality. It's just basically a completely sexless like... Um, and they didn't tie like he never even saw like a a news clipping no. of that they didn't tie him seeing it and connecting to it at all. Yeah. So or having him look at the news clipping yeah. and telling his friends his secret. Yeah. Telling Eddie his secret. Yeah. You know, I'm, they didn't there was no way I don't know if it ended up on the cutting room floor, but they did not tie Richie's reaction to finding out about that into any of his exploration of his character and his own sexuality. And yes, instead they just showed him as basically a closeted gay man who was like, okay with that. Yeah. And look, you want to stay in the closet. I, I not here to out anybody. If that's where you're comfortable, I, I'm not going to say I understand, but I'm going to support you. Right. However, there should be some exploration of that. Why did he decide to do that? Is he asexual and, and, and also gay and was only ever in love with Eddie is you know, it, it, does he have a sex life that he just doesn't talk about? What, you know, yeah. give us a little Something. bit of who he is. And also, it's super, and this is a fucking mix for me all the time in so many of these things, is equating somebody's, like, I mean, I guess it's really about his shame and less about him being gay, but, like, his secret is that he's gay, whereas Jessica Chastain's secret is that she's in an abusive relationship. I'm like, talk about conflating, like, weird things that right. are just not... Right. You know, with no nuance in a cheesy right. horror movie that's like too long but doesn't have time to actually think about it. Right. The complexities of that is dangerous. And it, they like, never go into Bill's rela- strained relationship with his wife, which yeah. is important in which the book. I didn't even under. Well, also, yeah. Eddie's 
um, relationship. He like, married his mom. I didn't even pick up on yeah. that. The, was, the joke was that he married his mom because yeah, she was I read that fat and worried and like, that he was like, going like, to die. Yeah, it was yeah, totally he married his mom. That's also gross, too. There's yeah. a lot of gross and stuff. Why, and you know what? You meet Stan's wife in the book. You meet her a couple times, and she's actually really neat. And they had a nice, like, like Stan grew up to be a really great guy. Yeah. And I did like that they made, okay, in the, the book, it's very much just, he panics yeah, and he, and he kills himself and it's considered very much just the easy out. I did like the way they gave that a, I knew if I couldn't stand with you, you weren't going to succeed. So I had to take myself off the board. Right. I thought that would give him a little bit more of dignity and, and, and his, you know, some reason that he, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm just afraid. It was, I'm afraid. I know I can't show up. And so my way of making sure you guys are okay is to go out. I'm not saying it's great, but I liked that they gave it a little bit more yeah. nuance instead of just a king. Oh, there's blood on the floor, you know? Right. Yeah. A lot of the character stuff did not work for me, but I also didn't really expect much out of it. Yeah. So my two favorite characters have always been Bevy from the Levy and Richie from the yeah. Ditchy. And that's probably because of 112263 yeah. more than it. I, I'm not a big it person. I didn't ever like the book. I was out at the teenage gangbang. I was over it. I'm glad that was not in the movie. I'm also glad the metaphysical floating tri- turtle wasn't in the movie. I feel like they chose a much clearer way to get all of those ideas across. I am actually thought that was much better than the actual ending. I did love the constant razzing of the Stephen King stand-in characters. An inability to end something. I did adore that. Even Stephen King razzing the character. Did you see when he, Bill says, I'll sign that for you? And he goes, nah, I didn't like the ending. No, but King did, yeah. Yeah, I read about it. It was great. It's hilarious. So, you know, I... I did have to pee in the middle of this very long movie. At eleven twenty two sixty three, you there's a very sweet scene with Richie and Bevy, and I ended up with so much more affection for those two characters simply because of that one scene uh, than I did from the entire novel. It's it's not a movie that you're going to hate that you saw. Yeah, you know, it's just not. But it's not going to be a movie. At least I don't think for most people that. Comes even comes close to the first chapter. If you love the first chapter, this will be a conclusion for you. Yeah, but don't expect it to be the you know you know. The the one thing also I want to say about the turtle and the like it. He's so clearly riffing on Lovecraft sort of horror stuff of like you you're you know human beings can't even comprehend the horror that they're seeing. Right. That is the hardest thing to get right. Not only in in books, but also, I mean, especially in movies. Right. And um, so this sort of just turns into a giant action scene. Right. And you really don't get, I mean, this was like the least, one of the least scary movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't scary. Yeah. There's very little, like, what you can't quite process is what's really scary. It's very literal. Yeah, totally. What what the book says happens is what you see in the movie. And um, I, you know, I do think it's an opportunity, at least if you're making a horror movie. I mean, I, I'm at odds because I liked the fun house part of it, which is very much at odds with the Lovecraft part of it. Right. Um, But I feel like it had an opportunity at that ending to do something a little, like a lot of that did not work. Right, I agree with you. Everybody getting separated again and battling their demons again. Right. And it's just, yeah. Even Just because it happened five times in the novel doesn't mean it has to happen five times in the book. Exactly. You know, so. So, you know. 
We're, we're mixed. Yeah. And fridging Eddie. I know it happened in the book, but yep. we couldn't have let Eddie live and let Richie be happy? Really? Come yeah, on. I know. I mean, uh, even if he just lived and Richie got to be his friend and, you know, he didn't have, you know, because it's quite obvious that Eddie married his mom, so he's a straight guy. But at least get to continue to have the friendship. Because one thing that I have always liked about the book, I did always find it interesting that they all had forgotten yeah. They get the move, they get the phone call and they remember who he is, but they didn't even know that they had forgotten. Yeah. And so I would have liked to been able to just let Eddie live and have Richie get to be friends and maybe that makes him realize I it's okay for me to say who I am because I have this friendship with this guy I loved when I was little and I remember it. Yeah. You know? And I don't know. I didn't There's an ending I would have there was a change I wouldn't would have been okay with. That's all. King endings. Yeah. Um, all right. Nah, the ending sucked. <laughs> if you guys saw this, let us know on Facebook at uh, The Knicks. And you can also email us at motionandnicks at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at The Knicks Podcast. Um, I'm at Justin Hartung. I'm at Fanny V. Darling. And we'll see you next week. Bye.